Union, New Jersey. <laughs> Welcome to Nightcaps at the Theater. I am uh, Matt Cabrera. And I'm Rafiki's old friend, Jonathan Kwiatkowski. <laughs> and if you're wondering where Mark is, we killed him. Yeah, thanks to you, audience. Hashtag hate Mark really we, took off. Yeah, we knew you hated him just as much as we did. Yeah, did so you know what? Ourselves. If you disappoint Mama, Mama gets rid of you. There we go. Yeah, who knows where Mark is? Maybe he'll show up again. Yeah. I don't know. The ghost. He's dug pretty deep underground, so. <laughs> but there's always a pet cemetery possibility scenario. Oh, did I bury him in the pet cemetery? <laughs> Let me reconsider this. <laughs> it was ten paces to the left. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is our moves boost segment where we discuss. Uh, I don't know what do we do here. Pop culture. Pop culture. And, I uh, guess. Well, if it's like media, for all you unblind people out there, <laughs> media based pop culture. Unblind. Well, no, they can listen to music, right? Yeah, exactly. We, <laughs> we, unless they're deaf. Ooh. Helen mm. Keller is not a fan of the show. Yeah. <laughs> but for everyone who is, welcome to TV Court. Oh, TV I believe bang, it's bang. now in session. Bang bang! All right, I'll get this started All off rise. with a question. Yeah, uh, Nosferatu season two. It's how, happening. How has this happened? <laughs> didn't in the cards didn't foresee this. I guess it wasn't a strong pilot season for uh, what is it? FX AMC. Yeah, I've FX? watched every episode though, which Mark has. I mean, R.I.P. Mark is dead now <laughs> and won't be joining the podcast ever. Ah. <laughs> anytime soon. But um, he it did suggest to me that I watched every episode of this. Okay. So I supported it, and I said, "Not on my watch. I didn't Just, support it. It didn't get better. But I'm still gonna watch every episode. There were like." <laughs> two good episodes this season and it's so different from the book and it's not that good so i don't know why it got a season two but he is the spawn of stephen king so what <laughs> else can i do about it right yeah in a, in a similar way i actually saw a headline that american gods season three is getting reset like a like a reboot for the show i'm so shocked which is uh, weird considering season two was basically that as well i won't see season two until it comes out on blu-ray or on one on these streaming platforms which i don't have but I, yeah. i'm waiting there's too many of them it's gonna be on like uh uh, Hooblyboo next. <laughs> Tubi? <laughs> yeah. Will it be on Tubi? Oh, I hope so. It came from Tubi. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, let's see. I've got Blowhards, which Blowhards, Blowhards which is a glass blowing show exclusive oh. to Netflix. Oh, I don't think you ever mentioned the title. And <laughs> and it's crazy, and it's conceptual, and they win best in blow. <laughs> Which can only mean one thing. Oh boy! And glory holes are uh, spouted out. What does that even mean in the context of the show? Uh, well, when is, you is put, that like a technique? yeah? When you put your glass in your oven, it's called a glory hole. Like that hole oh that boy. burns the glass. <laughs> okay. Um, it's interesting, and I really like it. I think the episodes are too short, though. They go by in like a second. Hmm, you it's said like it's a half hour, right? Barely. It's like a 24-minute show. Wow. It, it's non-committal, and I watched the whole first season. It's good, but <laughs> I don't know. I think they could do better with this. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they do. You know, they see there's a demand for it, and they increase the runtime. They uh, make it more like the Great British Bake Off. That's, yeah. That's what I'm getting tinges of. With glass. Yeah. I don't know if I would eat glass at the same well, time. <laughs> not uh, if it has a soggy bottom. Um, before I get into my heavy hitters, I've got one more. I've got Pose. Um, it was another heavy episode where Billy, Por Billy Porter is uh, having a hard time doing the AIDS scare, and it's another musical episode. 
They in season one they had a musical cabaret for these aid patients in the hospital. It's the same setup. Okay. And I do appreciate this because we got Judy Garland's "The Man That Got Away," a staple karaoke for me. <laughs> they got uh, Patty Lapone, who is the bitchiest character on the season. <laughs> and you know how much I love Patty Lapone. I, oh I, yeah. I, I pray to the Church of Patty Lapone. She's my eternal theater diva um, of so all time. She's just in this season. She's in this season, but okay. she's playing a bitch. But at the same time, she's like, "I'll distract them at the cabaret." By singing Stephen Sondheim's I'm Still Here from Follies. And I've only got an hour. <laughs> so you tear down her storefront and it's resolved in a stupid way. Like, oh, that bitch. Like, almost like she'll come back in a good role. Okay. But they do the Pylopone's a bitch, Pylopone's a not bitch, Pylopone's a bitch uh, <laughs> uh, card reveal. Which I wasn't feeling. But, you know, as a, a, a Lupone fan, yeah. I've been expecting the whole season. And I think Pose is reaching limits, but... Yet again, this season feels a little bit more heavy-handed to me. Okay. But it's good TV. It's good musical Ryan Murphy. <laughs> a hard sigh-in. I've heard good things. They're, they're doing things that nobody else on TV is tackling, it seems. Yeah, I... I don't know how I feel about Ryan Murphy. He's always an enigma. He's hit or miss. He's he Mostly it's a miss in my book, but <laughs> I still watch every episode, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's a writer or a director, but... Whatever. He's more like a, not a provocateur, but he, he's like an idea man. Yeah. But you don't really want him to deliver. Yeah. Um, two more on TV court. I've got David Harbour playing oh, oh, yeah. in Frankenstein's Monsters, Monster Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> this is one episode filmed like an old play where David Harbour is trying to find out the life of his father who used to be an actor and film, you know... Uh, plays live on television. Okay. And it's super interesting. It's only one episode. It, it's giving me a real Spoils of Babylon feel, which I don't know if you've ever seen. No, not at all. Spoils of Babylon is the shit. Yeah? Oh. What, what is it? I, I don't it, even know. It's like... Oh. Is it one episode? Is it like No, a... it's it's multiple episodes. Only a few, though. And okay. they have two seasons. Uh, the first season is filmed like this director is taking this Gone with the Wind epic and adapting it for the, the movie cinema and the second episode is more of like a film noir version of uh, a different novel by the same hmm. director okay but the first season is some of the funniest television that i've ever seen it's like right up my alley it's filming an old style tv play format uh they have a character completely played by a mannequin lady <laughs> Anne, just so you know and every time lady Anne's on screen she is a mannequin <laughs> i'm it, so it's a mannequin it's or a mannequin. It, it's not somebody playing and, a mannequin. And, well, it's like a voiceover, like, I'm Lady Anne, okay, famous okay. British Parliament. That was my next and question, the It's voicing. looked at like it's nothing new. It's like an actress playing that role. Okay. And it's some of the funniest television that I've ever seen. It's got, um, who voices Sora? Three names. You're asking oh. the wrong person. No, you know his name. It's got... Oh. Fuck we're, the alcohol. We're back. No. Um, Helly Joe Osmond. Really? I didn't know that. Kristen Wiig. Hmm. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. <laughs> the, <laughs> the alcohol might give me away. Um, but you know what? If you've seen this, watch Spoils Before Babylon. It's one of my favorite shows. Okay. I, I enjoy it. Nice. It's on Netflix, too. Watch yeah. both seasons. And I've been meaning to watch that Frankenstein show. Yeah. So I, I think maybe before that, watch Spoils Before Babylon. Then Sounds good. Frankenstein's Monsters, Monster Frankenstein. <laughs> And then uh, the spoils before dying, the second season. That 
Oh, now that sounds familiar, actually. You've definitely seen Spoils Before Dying. It was on FX for a, a, a bit. It was that the second season of it. very familiar, yeah. yeah. It had Maya yeah. Rudolph and company. Hmm. Yeah. I'll check it out. All right. It, it's funny. <laughs> um, the last thing that I have to talk about in TV court is, do you ever want it? Want it bad? Big Little Lies. Uh, season two ended. And yeah. I think... This might be, drunk's me, <laughs> greatest episode of television ever. Damn. It was just that drunk that night, audience. <laughs> Big Little Lies season two finale made up for the entire season to me. Wow. I think it was that campy. I think it was that stupid. I was, I, I mean, I was live uh, messaging <laughs> both the people in our nightcaps chat. Yeah. <laughs> And I was saying, this is the greatest that I've ever seen in my life. Um, I watched Nicole Kidman rip off Meryl Streep's head on live television. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and drink her blood. It was the greatest I've ever seen. That sounds um, like a great night to be on Twitter, too. I, I put, uh, Dern's got a bat to the tomb that daddy's got a du- gun. <laughs> Dern's got a bat. Because she takes a bat to something. I think everyone needs an Emmy for this season. Nice. Even though it's season two and it doesn't really matter and they won't win, but definitely in this episode. That's what uh, I've heard. I mean, they, they're, they're going to show Meryl Streep some love. Yeah. They have to. Definitely in this last episode, Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep deserve the Emmy. I think for it's it. in their contracts. Like, we get an Emmy if we do this show. It's guaranteed. Uh, but apparently, a lot of the internet hated this finale. Hmm. And I can't understand why, because me. I, I speak to the internet, I speak internet ease. That's weird. It seems like. Aren't they watching the show for these very reasons? I don't think they know what camp is. That's weird. Yeah, I think they want factual, because when um, Nicole Kidman's character goes, I'll represent myself in this final day of court, mm-hmm. we know this wouldn't happen in a logical law affair. But yeah. the internet is like, it wouldn't happen in a logical day law affair. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. Uh, that's happened on TV countless times. Yeah. I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I love Big Little Lies. I love it so much. That's good. And my TV cord gavel goes down, bang, bang. (laughs) Well, I'll pick it up. I really... I don't think I have much at all. I'm continuing my uh, trek through Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I made it through the uh, Mushroom episode. Mushroom Samba! (laughs) (laughs) Which was uh, really hilarious. Me and Matt discussed this. uh, Matt and I discussed this off podcast (laughs) with... Um, the stair scene in Mushroom Stomba yeah, really fucks it. me up, but I love it at the same time. <laughs> it's like, this is what it really feels to be on Mushrooms. I love the reveal. I love the cut to um, Spike just... Uh, <laughs> or just stepping on the same step over and over. Because, yeah. you know, there's like three steps. Yeah. But he treats it as a... Or he sees it as an infinite stairway to heaven. It's so real. And I'm like, I'm like how are they going to pull this off? Um, you know, once he makes it to the top and the... The thing is, he never makes it to the top. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, just good jokes all around. And you know, the show is its still killing it. Um, I think I've only got a handful of episodes left, I'm pretty sure. So I'll definitely report back uh, by next time. All right. But that's it for me on TV Court. I can't wait. That's one of the best animes of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> all right. Movie phone. I know we both got a lot. Uh, uh, I'll start off you call because five a lot. Yeah, I'll start <laughs> off because I usually have less than that. Yep. Uh, the first thing I watched, Bergman Box continues. Mm. I watched The Virgin Spring, and this might be one of my favorite Bergman films. 
that I'd never seen. It's a medieval hmm. Swedish Christian revenge film. Oh, Midsummer. It, it basically, <laughs> listen, we know we listen to that Ari Aster, um, Robert Eggers, yeah, yeah. Uh, A24, A24 podcast, and they're both comparing it to Bergman films, and I said, guys, they love Bergman just as much as I, and I should have realized, but it does feel like an early um, Ari Aster, Robert Eggers film. Not That's to, awesome. Not to give Bergman any discredit, but it, it's good. It's just about a family taking revenge on these uh, goat herds that rape and kill their daughter. Oh, wow. Um, in a surreptitious. Oh, wow. Yeah, not surreptitious. <laughs> oh, God, I can't talk. The alcohol. I'm not an alcoholic, I swear. Uh, <laughs> I only look like one. In a bad way. <laughs> but it, 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 it piqued me. And I'm, Bergman Box is still continuing. Very nice. And I have to give out that the 1,000 spine on the Criterion Collection goes none other than the... Godzilla collection, oh, yeah. so you know on a certain podcast, anime was not a mistake, a certain Dan Ryan will buy that collection, and <laughs> looks we will good. be watching all looks, those. Looks packed. It's weird that the Criterion Reddit is half and half. A lot of them didn't want Godzilla to be the Thousand Spine, because they feel that's not real cinema. Yeah, I could see that, but, but you know, they're snobs. Th- they're, yeah, they're, they're, they are snobs. <laughs> no I mean, apologies. King Kong versus Godzilla is some good shit, <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, Virgin Spring, watch it. Uh, the next, um, I've got two ones that we've seen together. Yep. What order do you want me to discuss this in? I guess chronological. All right. So, all right. Uh, this is before what we've seen. Okay. Um, this was a film from 20, what year are we in? 20, uh, 19? It was 20, from 000? 2018 <laughs> okay. that we just missed that I did not see. And it might be in my top five films of that Ooh. year. Wait, uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Because um, there are a few I missed yeah. that I also really wanted to see. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. If Beale Street could talk. No. Which is on Hulu, and mm. I've still been meaning to see it. Widows? Not Widows. Not mid-90s. No. Hmm. But good guesses. <laughs> All of those I have not seen yet. All right, I give up. It is Bad Times at the El Royale. Ah, I really? was inspired, yeah, I, I was inspired I by the Cynthia Evrio Harriet trailer. Oh yeah. And I I saw her once on Broadway in The Color Purple and she's phenomenal. I'm surprised I saw mixed reviews for this one. Which is I I also saw mixed reviews yeah. on this before I've seen it and uh, it was on HBO for free, so I said, "What the hell? I'll give it a try. It's got Jeff Bridges, Cynthia Evrio, Dakota Johnson from Suspiria." Ooh, I wee. love Suspiria. Uh, John Hamm and Chris Hemsworth. All-star cast. Roles. Yeah, it is an all-star cast, and it's filmed in a film noir way that's very interesting. It's that's almost good. Tarantino-esque, like original Tarantino, which we'll get to <laughs> in a few seconds. But it's divided into chapters, and it's got many twists and turns. Okay. And uh, Cynthia Evrio does a lot of live singing. That I was pissed that hmm. I wanted to order the soundtrack to get Cynthia. Uh, I mean, she's not backed by anything. But I wanted to get the soundtrack with her singing live, and it wasn't yeah. there, so I didn't buy the soundtrack. Interesting. Um, so those songs just don't exist in a format that's purchasable. Yeah, she's that's got a like shame. the she's got the 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 backing from the studio on her, um, mm. but just reading about this film, they had to do so many takes. Not not so many because it it takes time and patience. There's so many one shots in this film that mm. were filmed in the moment. Yeah. With Cynthia Ivrio singing in the background, huh. that it baffles me. I was like, "This is really 
filmmaking at its pinnacle. That's crazy. And um, a lot of people say this film is slow, but if you've seen any Tarantino like original film, yeah. you would know what to expect. It's divided into chapters. Oh, we're going here now, we're going here now. Okay. And it's kind of predictable. It's tropey, but I liked it a lot. I nice. think it would be in my top five films of 2018 if I can go rewrite that. Very cool. Yeah, and I immediately bought it on the Blu-ray. I'll try to check it out. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, then we've got The Lion King. Ooh, here it is. Here it is, 20, folks. 2019's uh, Matt third. dragged me to see this. <laughs> you were interested. Was I? I think you I was interested see how in, in bad seeing it, the, it crash and burn. Exactly. Um, it which met, it won't because it's a Disney film <laughs> it'll make more it, than I'll ever see it met my low expectations uh, yeah there's really not much reason for it to exist I'll say that but the technology you know the visuals were awesome I really like them um, and we went to New York for this we went to the largest screen in North America Lincoln Square and the IMAX scenes there were uh, phenomenal in my opinion they had um it filled up the screen, the 1.43 aspect ratio screen, which is super rare for a movie that happens like once or twice a year at most. It didn't, though. It happened like four times this year. No, it was Because only... they had Dumbo, they had Lion King, they no, had... No, but those didn't fill the screen. <laughs> but yeah, Disney Live Action Remakes, this is the third one out of, uh, I guess, four, if we include the new Maleficent. So... Well, Maleficent 2 will probably be better than this. I don't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we missed like the first 10 minutes of this movie too because we We were... missed the Circle of Life intro. Yeah. That's all. And I know that's probably like all the fans are... It's repeated at the end. Yeah. So. Well, well, no, it's a reprise. <laughs> when we get Close to the enough. theater section, I can teach you about reprises. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. But, <laughs> but um, uh, I felt bad missing the intro. It's the best song. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. But... What are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah. We, we got there. You know, we planned properly. We, planned, we did, actually. We, we I planned was... decently. We left here at around 1.30 p.m. Showtime is at this 3. This is New Jersey. Northern <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah. Right next to New York. It's supposed to be 35, at most 45 minutes on a Friday oh at like God. 2 p.m. You know, traffic should not be Which that I bad. warned Matt, like, it's a Friday. It's going <laughs> to happen. It, it. There was a crash that closed, like, half of the tunnel and... We were stuck in traffic. We were three miles from the theater, mm-hmm. and it took us an hour to travel those three miles. So that trek, that journey, was more interesting than the movie. Yeah, the the movie. Well, the movie we didn't miss much. If you've no. seen the original, you've seen except yeah. for the one hyena queen that's been reinstated to the throne. Mm. Yeah. I I haven't That's seen the, the original. That's the only thing they added. I haven't seen the original in like fifteen years, probably. What? Maybe maybe twenty. <laughs> Have you read Hamlet? Uh no. Come on, I can't read. Five acts. Yeah, you did a pretty good job when we get to trot on the boards. So <laughs> I I think Hamlet might be up your future, but yeah, perhaps. Um, but I I just found myself really hoping once I. Okay, so I didn't see the original for a while, but I did see comparisons that that leaked online. You know, side by side clips of the live action slash animated versus the original animated. And it is, uh, it's just so bad at the side by side. When you're seeing, when you're watching the movie itself in isolation, I feel like it's an improvement. It's un- an improve. 
<laughs> I just threw up a little no, bit in like, my mouth. When, but when you're watching them side by side, you're like, this is terrible. Who would want this? Yeah. When you're watching it in isolation, you're a little more like, I guess your expectations have been lowered by the movie already so that it's more uh, satisfying, you know, more yeah. palatable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, watching the side by sides just destroyed me. And then I also watched fan art. and <laughs> You I've, watched fan art? Oh, yeah, I saw fan art okay. online and um, sword art online. <laughs> Ugh, no, bad of, anime. Uh, <laughs> don't watch that. Of uh, you know, fan edits of yeah. how they would have preferred the live With action. With Simba to look. killing a warthog in the background <laughs> from Planet Earth. Yeah, yeah, oh, that would have been great. But no, these fan edits—they were good. They made it look a little more cartoony, a little more respectful of the original uh, animated one, and it just—it reminded me of like a Leica stop motion. Uh, claymation picture and don't like, compare we, this to Leica, you dirty. No, the fan edits. And if we got a version <sighs> of this movie that was done in that style, uh, it would have been something good. Yeah, because we saw Mark, dead podcaster, host of the podcast, <laughs> showed some uh, comparisons, which was a Leica style. Yeah, those yeah. were those were great. Yeah, they I wish better. we got that. Yeah. But. I wish Mark was still here, but he's dead, so... <laughs> yeah, instead we got these singing animals where, like, the the mouths just did not match. Oh, and some of the laziest voiceover work. Oh, well, We've, we need... <laughs> we listen, forgot. strap we, in, audience, because oh we're going to have a 30-minute discussion on this. Donald Glover, who I love... I know, I love him. And adore... He's Come fantastic. On. He's a great actor, Childish too. Gambino, we all know him. He's done Troy from Community. That had He's done spirit. Georgia. That had yeah. energy. Yeah. Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a province in Georgia, right? Ooh. I was thinking of Gone with the Wind, Georgia, Georgia. <laughs> Savannah. Uh, he's great in those. I know, I agree. But in this movie, he could not act. He is the weakest link. It is his first take. Going no, we need to go back to Pride Rock. Yep. Yeah. And when he sees his old friends, whom he hasn't seen in years, he's just like, "Hello, Zazu. What are you guys doing here?" It is. They must have had him for like thirty minutes and been like, so "All right, we gotta bang this out. Come on." Disappointing. Yeah, that is bad. And Beyonce wasn't that much better because no. Beyonce, she, she, I don't know if she got nominated for Dreamgirls, as I said in the theater, but I guess she can act. Not as good as Gaga, though. <laughs> oh, hands down, I'll give you that one. Gaga stand forever, <laughs> but <laughs> Beyonce is there going, Simba, we gotta do this. You gotta come along! And I, I don't know if I consider that acting or just her talking. <laughs> yeah. She tried a little... She tried more than Donald Glover. She's got an original song, which is okay, but... it It's jarring a little bit, because yeah. it just sounds so modern in comparison to, like, all the original uh, music. And yeah. Especially, you know, those took more cues from African-style music, and yeah. this one, it just sounded too jarringly modern you and know they had drums and everything like yeah the lack of jeremy irons in this film mm. really affected me because jeremy irons plays scar like the greatest villain he gets the whole song yeah be prepared he's there this guy was not <laughs> it was just a tease uh. and i i turned to matt and said that's it yep. that's all we get from be prepared yeah the best song in the movie all right I guess that's you're, what you decided, Disney. You're asking too much out of these. Uh, I remakes. felt bad giving this movie thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cheaper. Was it though? Yeah. Oh, I got the hookup. <laughs> Not in my spiritual sense. It wasn't cheaper. Yeah. I sold out like the insane clown posse. <laughs> yeah. 
but some kudos. It was worth it for that screen. Some good points in this movie were Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. I think they had good chemistry. Yeah, they were really good. Uh, Billy Eichner could sing better than I thought he could. Agreed. Even though I think that's the Disney magic, giving him <laughs> a, a, a little bit of an odd tune on that voice. I don't know. I, I didn't sense it. I, I didn't sense it either. So I'll mm-hmm. agree with you there. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of yeah. that doubt. But he's a theater major, probably. So he, yeah, he's sure done some he's... vocal training exactly. in his life. Uh, but he hit those high notes. Yeah, and I was did happy a good for job. him. And Seth Rogen, you know, who could hate Pumbaa? Oh, yeah. Pumbaa's one of the most relatable characters. And in- he does a good job with them. The yeah. hyenas, um, that was Keegan-Michael Key, Eric Andre. They didn't <sighs> yeah. Yeah, They didn't really deliver to me. But they had improvised banter between them. And yeah. You could tell it was improvised. I know it was kind of good. It just wasn't... Uh, it, it did feel improvised. Like, um... There were things that you kind of wanted to laugh at, but it just didn't hit hard enough to get you to actually go ha. Yeah. <laughs> to express that. Yeah, it, but there wasn't anything there yeah. at the same time. And I mean, James Earl Jones is just reading from the same script that he did. Yeah. All he, those, he he's perfect. He yeah, perfection. <laughs> they could have used the same lines, and they probably did. Yeah. Um, but he's perfection as Mufasa. I don't yep. think there's any other person that could play him. Agreed. Yeah. And. It was kind of... I, I wouldn't say it was good, but it's going to make a billion dollars. Oh, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> the story structure felt kind of off to me. Um, I'm not really sure why or how it compares to the original, but... It, yeah. I'm excited for Mulan, even though I'll miss all Same. the musical numbers. Mulan looks good. It looks original. It looks... But have you heard the Mulan musical numbers? Come on. No, not recently. Who is that girl I see? It's Jess. <laughs> it's Jess. <laughs> From a new girl, right? That's what you were doing. Uh, Never mind. Um, <laughs> I, I did like the fur scene in Lion King. I'll give it that. It went on long. Oh, it was so well. Now we have to break it down. No, no, there's no, this no, we don't fur. Have to. There's this fur scene <laughs> taken from Planet Earth, yeah. where Simba's fur goes into a bird's nest and some dung beetle poop, and it takes six hours. Giraffes. And stomach. I turned to Matt and said, "Okay, we get it. It's the circle of life." Yeah, there's basically. And Matt's t- like, "Oh, it's the greatest scene ever <laughs> in cinema." There's there's like two halves to this scene. So when it fades out the first time, you think it's over, and it just comes right back. Um, and it is long. It's self-indulgent, but I, I didn't like it. It felt. It's just a Planet Earth episode, though. Well, that's that's what I want. That's what this movie's trying to then be. Watch Planet Earth. I should. If they bring it to IMAX, I'm there. Narrated <laughs> by David Attenborough and Oprah. It'll be better than Lion King. It will be better. There's a lot of fan edits online where. Um, <laughs> Um, I hope they put some real si- uh, lion sex into the scene where can you feel the love tonight, right? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, some lions doing it? What's more primal than that? Rated R. But it's meh. I mean, we're all going to go yeah. see it because we're Disney files, I guess, and we're slaves hard, to the masses. It's hard not to be. They own uh, 40% of the box office But I now. wish I didn't see this. <laughs> yeah. That's and fair. My last thing on a movie phone is something we saw last night. Are you okay with me talking about this now? Of course. All right, we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I have a lot of opinions on. The ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. Ninth? Only nine? Yeah. That means I've probably seen them all. But he's, uh, yeah, I'm sure you have. I don't yeah. know if Death Proof is counted in that. Oh, I haven't seen Death Proof. I don't think it's part of it. I'm not sure. But uh, he says he's only going to do ten films. He bet. 
I need my Kill Bill 3 before I die. What if he makes that the 10th film? That would be... I... <laughs> listen, day one, I'd be there in the movie yeah. theaters. I'm thinking what he's going to end up doing is 10 films belong to the Red Apple timeline. and then I he'll... hate this Red Apple timeline. Oh, I like and it. Let me get into it now because... He is discussing... It's just internet, like, oh, did you see the Red Apple in his movie? Yeah. Like, oh, it's there. And I don't like this. I think he's pandering to the internet. No, I like it. Because enough time has passed, you know, it's like, everyone knows about it, so you, you indulge the fans. Yeah. I appreciate it. I give this different from my Tarantino reviews. It's, it's very different. Yeah. And I give him kudos for that. Uh, taking a film and making it slightly... I, I don't want to use different again. <laughs> less interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't say less interesting, too. Because I was interested. Uh, I was it, wondering where it's going the whole time. But it's, it's less in your face than most of the Tarantino films. Yeah. It's very subdued. Yes, very much, very, very much. Mm -hmm. And it is... It's kind of a mini epic, but it does seem smaller in scale than like his other movies. Yeah, um, but it's so long. It is. I, so, he premiered it at Cannes. He said, yeah, you know, I, I was up late. Le Pomme de Rire. <laughs> yeah. um, Le Pomme de Bear. Yeah, whatever. I was, uh, <laughs> he's like, I was up late editing it for so long, and uh, but, you know, I made it to Cannes. I really wanted to get it down to like two, two and a half hours. I wanted to make it like a slight Tarantino cut. And meanwhile, I'm over here with the it, like running time. Two hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> bitch. Make it run. I know. I I want that too. I mean, even after Khan, he was like, you know, when I first cut it down, when I first edited it, I was trying to make it short. Now I think I'm going to add some stuff back into it. And I was like, oh, yes, make this three hours long, baby. Yeah. Do it up. Now, after watching it, I wish he had followed his instincts. Yeah. I wish he cut it down. And I'm a fan of long movies. Let Same. that be a, a fact on the podcast. <laughs> I'll love a good four-hour Dr. Zivago watching <laughs> in my lifetime many a times, but mm. this felt long. It did. And I was I was looking slightly to my side like, Matt's going to think this is long. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking April and Melissa are going to think this is long. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... It's also weird to me because um, they don't know much about the Sharon Tate uh, murder or yeah, the Manson and murders. Which I, I think I know a lot about the Sharon Tate murders because yeah. I've, I've, I mean, we've listened to Rosemary's Baby on this podcast and you can listen to that episode where we describe the Tate murders in loose detail. Yeah. But I'm a big fan of Serial Killer podcast, which oh, review, yeah. <laughs> you thought I was going to say Serial Killers, which... <laughs> no, I know Last House on the Left. Oh, Last last <laughs> Podcast on the Left. Uh, last Pod House on My the Left. My favorite podcast. They uh, take a three-episode segment to talk about Charlie Manson? Mason? Yep. I always say Mason. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because it's the Simpsons. Like, we are the Masons. But <laughs> that's a Mark joke. Too bad he's dead. Oh. Uh, but I was interested in this, and I wanted more of the cult segment yeah. and we didn't get as much as the cold segment that I, I liked. I feel like the movie really presupposes that you have the knowledge of like the real life murders. As we know from the the 60 year olds in front of us at yeah. the, <laughs> in the theater going oh that's Squeaky From. <laughs> Did you know who she is? Yeah. <laughs> so thank god they were there. Oh, yep. 
I knew who Squeaky From was. Don't assume my <laughs> Char- my age. Charlie. I read War and Peace. <laughs> that's Charles Manson. We saw a musical epic of Moby Dick just last night, just so you know. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> well, we will get to that. Yeah, we will. Um, yeah. They even mentioned a Dennis Wilson. I was glad I picked up on that because, yeah, yeah that Beach Boy was a known friend to charles manson was yeah he was yeah, he, he didn't know about the cult but well, they a were lot friends. of people didn't know about the cult <laughs> yeah but they were friends they were weird for a while um uh charlie manson uh i don't like to support him he did awful things but he's got a pretty good album out <laughs> I, I like his album a lot you should listen to it <laughs> he just wanted to be listen he went through a lot of shit in his life and this isn't defending charlie manson in a lot of ways he did a lot of shit. In an alternate but timeline. But I like the music that he put out. In an alternate timeline, he's a good musician. Just like yeah. Hitler's a good painter. Get your game, girl. You know, <laughs> you, you know, but... Anyway, uh, this... I, there was a good climax, but the movie was just too long and, honestly, to me, too uninteresting to, like, have that <sighs> See, pay I, off. I thought it was interesting just because I'm a fan of the 60s. They had, like, funny girl posters and yeah. all these things, but... I, I agree with you. Uh, Sharon Tate felt so long in that movie theater, and I thought they were yeah. building it up to like a kung fu. I'm gonna fucking kick these asses. Yeah. Sharon Tate learns martial arts from Bruce Lee, and, and that it's never, never comes used, back again. Which I assume, I think that Tarantino knew that's where the audience mind would go, and it, my mind went there. Yeah. So good for you, Tarantino. You did that, and but. I wish you didn't. <laughs> Thank God my hawk got out of there. Yep, that was good. That was fun. Yeah, because I wouldn't want to see my Robin there. Which I think is actual factual, because she, uh... Actual factual. She <laughs> she left her gun in the car, the the person she was playing. I've okay. listened to that episode like 10,000 times. <laughs> but I can't remember anything due to the alcohol. Uh, yeah, it gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, I place it in the middle of Tarantino f- films right now. I'm going to have to rewatch it. Um... All six hours of it. Probably in the middle, maybe a little towards the bottom. Yeah. But I do like so much of his output. Um, so that's just goes to show. Like even his <laughs> lesser stuff is still pretty good. But foot fetish fans. Oh yeah. Let me tell you. Countless shots. This is the film for you because he's <laughs> telling the internet, yeah, I like feet. They're there. <laughs> what of it? Yeah, you gotta watch them. You gotta love them. <laughs> Clean, you got clean feet, dirty feet. It's funny because during shoes. one point where uh, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Lee, no, not Bruce, Bruce Lee. Dern, no, uh, Cliff, no. What, what do you? Oh God, you I'm so drunk, I can't remember his name. Leonardo, uh, Rick, no, Rick other one, Dalton. other one, yeah, uh, Brad, Brad, yeah, Cliff Booth. Oh, Brad yeah, yeah, is Bruce like. Pitt. Oh. <laughs> Who's Janet? The I'm too drunk. Father. Brad Pitt uh, gives this little Charlie Manson girl a ride. She puts her feet right up on the sill. Yeah. And it's there the whole scene Blech. for like 10 minutes. Oh, boy. So unless you're into feet, this won't be your movie. <laughs> but he... And... All right, before uh, we... I was a little squee- uh, squeamished out by that. More so than the ultra You like at- knees, though. Why don't you like feet? They're so different. <laughs> More more so than the ultra violence at the end. I was more uh, skeeved out by the feet. Yeah, there is violence in the movie, which I told my dad. Yeah, only in the last ten minutes you'll get violence. And mm-hmm. he said, really? And yeah. I said, really? It is surprising for Terrence. You're only going to get ten minutes of violence in yeah. this whole three-hour movie. Yep. 
So he's a bit disappointed by that. Uh, my dad's a big uh, Quentin Tarantino fan. I just I feel like so many character arcs didn't really pay off. Um, Cliff Booth, I, like there's just nothing waiting for him after like the movie yeah. ends. And um, but it's realistic in that way, which I. Yeah. Also give it points for. And um, Rick Dalton, the lead. I mean, they're both leads, but he's slightly more of a lead, I guess. Leonardo DiCaprio's character. He, um, he, he kind of has a completed arc, but it doesn't really come from anywhere. It doesn't come from anything that he's done himself. Like, yeah. He had been um, uh, sad about living next to the Polanskis um, and like him not ever being invited or like not showing his face around them and then mm-hmm. finally at the end he is but it's not really due to anything that he had yeah, done. Yeah, it doesn't feel worthwhile. He's kind of he kind of takes a back seat during the climax. He yeah. takes a back seat in the last act and it, yeah, it's just weird. I'm not But this really little it. girl actress deserves praise. <laughs> she was good. At, she's somebody's daughter. I thought I, you Uma were going to I No, not Uma Thurman. I think <laughs> Uma Thurman has another. <laughs> no, I think maybe Maya Hawke, another daughter. She might have been Kevin Smith's daughter. Yeah, I'm she probably sure. is. Um, but look that up. But this little girl actress is pulling the classic actor card, like, oh, I don't want to uh, drink or eat before a take because it uh, affects my acting in any way. And I was like, all right, I feel for you. But the trailer made it seem like she was going to twist the knife more. Like that's yeah. the best acting I've ever seen. Uh, but this was uh, brought apart by genuine emotions, <laughs> which I didn't feel was accurate at the same time. Oh, I think uh, Kevin Smith's daughter uh, she played a different role. I think she was uh, the hippie pussycat. Oh, pussycat. I, I so. love pussy. We <laughs> love pussy at this ranch. We, we all do. <laughs> you know, and uh, kudos for the guy who played Charlie Manson. I don't know his name, but Manson. Did good. I say Mason? Manson? No, you said Manson. Is it Manson? Yeah. Okay. Manson Jar. <laughs> always get listen I always got it mixed up but he's playing the same character in Mindhunter season 2 premiering mm. on Netflix in just a, a few weeks wow he's and, gonna be typecast I mean he's never in the movie I thought I wanted him in the movie a little bit more but he's never part of the the Tate murders he wanted to cause yeah. a race war we could talk about Charlie all this time but <laughs> we won't yeah eh, just so you know yeah. slight disappointment I think for uh, many fans I think it's solid in the middle for me because yeah. it was a great 60s period piece yeah that's fair well, I, that's a neck a neck crack from matt yeah, just <laughs> I, so you know I, I think i just wanted more out of the characters and uh april as well she was wondering for the longest time was that um, real no no she she was thinking up until the end um why the character of sharon tate was even in the movie because you know she doesn't she was do there anything. A tease, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we and were I wondering. Feel like, like again, if we you were don't... going to love her because she's lovable. She's like, I'm going yeah. to this theater. I want to take a okay. And she has absolutely no like bearing on the story mm-hmm. until the very end, and even then, it's still it's Margot Robbie. Honestly, yeah. barely any. Yeah. Um. So, if you're not familiar with the event, with a real life event, I totally agree. You would find yourself asking, yeah, like, why are we watching her? You go. You why have are we to. watching her? Yeah, at least read the Wikipedia article on the Tate murders. Yeah, you know, you're in uh, for a fun time because we got some generational gap and uh, <laughs> societal gap. Yeah, it's like that's a real story. Yeah, an American populist. That's a real story. <laughs> it's one of the fucked up stories of America. Yeah, uh, people call it like the end of the of Hollywood's age of innocence. Yeah. Um, so I now I that. wonder, you know, now that that was subverted in Tarantino's film, I feel like that even kind of makes 
Tarantino's film Lesser. Not that you, I wanted to see Sharon Tate get murdered or anything, but I wanted to see her like kick. Oh well, yeah, that's Texas true. ass. I feel like maybe that could have been the end of the first mm-hmm. act, and yeah. then you go on from there. Something different. Yeah. I did love the Italian wife in this film, though. That's oh, like, yeah. what are you doing in my house this Car- time at night? Carpucci. Punch! Yeah. <laughs> Sofia Capucci. She did, um... She had, like, a real cartoonish jump yeah, which into midair. all Italians do. <laughs> that That's was, how we naturally are. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah she's I, like, what the fuck are you doing in here? And Punch! I need a gif of that. That was yeah. great. Uh, so, and I love the dog in this film. The dog oh, does yeah. not die. Nope. Yep. Yeah. All right, that's my movie phone. Good dog, good boy. <laughs> we know you got eighteen uh, more. I got three more because we already discussed two of them. Um, oh. First, <laughs> first up, the art of self defense. Yeah. This is with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Um, uh, are you interested in this? I, I don't want to spoil this. It, this is a very this is a movie that is hard to discuss without spoiling. Um, you could spoil. I don't think, I don't think, I'm think gonna, I will though. Who produces it? Is it A twenty four? Is it uh, Bleecker Street? That's pretty good, but uh, you could spoil it. Why not? It's good. I don't think I'm going to. I just I want to recommend everyone listening to go watch this because it is actually a great movie. It's one of my top of the year so far. What? Yeah. Um, there are moments where it's it's kind of cringy. The dialogue is somewhat cringy at the beginning, um, but then either you get used to it or maybe it does pick up. But um, they do a very good job of uh, world building through dialogue and through language and mannerisms in a way that um, I think many people have been saying it calls to mind Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah. Um, I've only seen The Favorite by him. I haven't seen his other movies. Oh, you've... But I think The Favorite does... He'll fuck you up. You need to watch him more. (laughs) I think uh, The Favorite does a similar thing. You know, they they do anachronisms and um, uh, certain dialogue that really fleshes out the world that he's trying to depict and this mm-hmm. movie does something very similar um it's really good it's a lot about like toxic masculinity and just masculinity in general and uh just tying that in with uh karate karate and it's it's a comedy it's a dark comedy um but i think it's it's really just well done very competently made it's right up there um my favorite of the year it's a uh, First-time director. I'm trying to get the name right now. It's like Riley Streams, I believe. Let me see. Let me see. Ba-ba-ba. And this is somebody who... Yeah. Oh, Riley Stearns. He, uh, he doesn't, Riley Streams. <laughs> he doesn't even have a Wikipedia article about him. But wow. I did read something that he was... Um, he was going out with somebody, an actress... Uh, I think it was a not Elizabeth Moss. Okay, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Ah. Uh. Um. So he, she actually left him, left Riley Stearns a few years ago, in order to feels uh, like I'm go, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. <laughs> in order to go out with Ewan McGregor, um, really? even though Ewan McGregor was married at the time. Wow. Yeah. So, and I feel like this story about like masculine masculinity and you know having the power to beat people up with your fists and things like that. I feel like that might kind of be derived from uh, his real life experiences. I'm sure he might have felt, you know, emasculated by this experience and he he did produce something pretty damn good out of it. So, I got to give him that. Yikes. Yeah. 
bad uh, gossipy stuff but that's life that's life (laughs) up or you're down and that's the art of self-defense next the white storm 2 drug lords this is a hong kongese movie i don't know what that is it's a hong kong movie um Um, let me call april (laughs) april this is uh it's a sequel sequel in name only to something called the white storm i don't know i didn't watch it this movie it's okay it's very short it's like an hour 30 um the first half is i i really just couldn't care for it didn't really enjoy it it really felt like a full season of a soap opera being compressed into an hour and a half it gets very melodramatic at times with loud big music cues that like push you into feeling a certain way which i didn't appreciate um and there's also like a big anti-drug propaganda that's sort of like the impetus of the Who movie anti-drugs <laughs> but not it, the catholics it just feels like the directors um or the filmmakers tried to make an anti-drug movie despite really not knowing much about drugs so it's or very having familiarity with it like don't smoke the blow you'll you'll drive your car into your lover yeah the first half seems like that like too <laughs> too alarmist um but then once the story uh gets whittled down a bit um don't get attached to any female characters because they all <laughs> die yeah <laughs> to give the male characters like a mission or a goal to work toward to avenge their deaths so that's kind of silly and sad but um there is the the lead villain the main bad guy uh is a guy named Dijong, and he like actually mustard? <laughs> a little bit yeah and he, uh. he he gives a good performance he he plays like a real fun smug jerk there's a scene where he's talking to the cops and he's like the big drug lord so he's talking to the cops and the cop he's like let me see your id he hands it to him um and he's like okay it all checks out and he goes to give his id back but you know he drops it before the other before the drug lord gets it in his hands and there's a super intense stare down <laughs> that lasts like 30 seconds of like just... a regular episode at nightcaps with the cinema <laughs> and it's it's great i i love that scene Nightcaps um, at the theater, so I don't know my own title of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're, we're fine-tuning it. <laughs> we're workshopping. Um, and then at the end, in the last like 20 minutes or so, there is kind of a bonkers car chase that kind of makes the movie worth it. Um, there, There's two cars following each other. They go down escalators, and they are uh, in subway stations, just... Um, on railroad tracks and everything they're like being pushed by subway trains it's it's bonkers it's just barely worth it if you for whatever reason have an interest in this like pretty niche genre i guess you could check it out it it just you don't have to pay much attention to the first half second Mm -hmm. half worth sticking around for wow and finally stuber this is kumail nanjiani and time for my nap segment of the podcast (laughs) Oh, wake me up when you're done. There's not much to say about this. I actually laughed at quite a lot, um, a pretty decent amount. I was impressed, or I was surprised. But, you know, it's it's a lesser comedy. It's not going to go down in the annals of the uh, Hall of Fame. But it was a pleasant summer movie to watch. And uh, Kumail, he... he eh, there's a fine line with him between, like, annoying... He's been getting less funny. I, I could see that. He's selling out. He does. We could tell. <laughs> I, I love his voice. It's just very humorous to me a lot of the time. 
But um, there are moments where he just comes off as like way too annoying or like sarcastic or something. But you know, it's it's not bad of a movie, and it it ended uh, up being a Christmas movie, surprisingly. Ma was better or Ma was worse? Ooh, Ma was probably ooh. They're like really par. Yeah, Ma, Ma was better or Ma was worse. Ma White might be very slightly worse. Stuber is very tropey. Ma is not tropey, but he, you know, it maybe doesn't deliver enough fireworks. Well, like, I know yeah. who's not invited to Ma's house anytime oh, no. soon. <laughs> Hashtag hate Matt. I'm gonna be next. Yeah, <laughs> just be me. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it for me on Movie Phone, finally. Alright, third segment, Tron the Boards. Now I know you got some culture in you this week. I actually got something for because this. Because I managed it to happen. Uh, Matt, yeah, so April, I, and I, I... I dragged John to the Lion King, and he returned the favor. By giving him culture. Yeah. Yeah, New York City culture. It might we be went disproportionate. To Dave Malloy's Moby Dick, a preview. Yeah. Half Excerpts. the runtime. <laughs> yeah, one and a half hours supposedly yeah. of the three-hour runtime, and I loved it. Yeah, I, I thought I, it was great. I I think that Moby Dick uh, by Dave Malloy is very heavy. I think it's his darkest work yet. I was there for it. It's, I love the darker segments. Uh, being that he loved the darker segments, I think I should <laughs> introduce him to Octet and once again give him a release into Great Comet of eighteen twelve. <laughs> but this was the shit. It was somber, religious, whale fun, I put down. <laughs> uh, we watched this under the great blue whale at the... American the Museum of Natural History. American Museum of Natural History. Uh, the standouts have to be Star uh, Busby as Starbuck. Oh, yeah. Who I also star as uh, in Octet. She was singing the song Dusk, and... It she was killed so it. good. I uh, loved that, her. That was my favorite moment of the show up until, honestly, the wow. next moment that followed right That's after it. That's honest. I, I love that. And apparently, good thing we sat down, you know, in the, <laughs> the seats because the upstage seats did not have good sound. Oh, really? That's a shame. Yeah, and it was a struggle to hear where we were sitting. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I thought it sounded. You very thought good. it was great. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> you haven't been to a, a Broadway show in a while, have you? Yeah, perhaps since Frozen. <laughs> uh, I put down that Dusk was my favorite song. Uh, I think for me night. it would have to be Pit. Oh uh, well, Pit is coming up. I I I put that she was killing it from Octet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashton Deveron, it's Pip is my next note, and the Pip song is very hit or miss. You're either going to get theater people that hate this because it's so long, or theater people that love it because it's so, you know, out there. Well, that's the full thing. I think I think the most divisive part will be, because this is a five-act song cycle. Supposedly. I, I think he shortened it down to four hours, <laughs> but... Well, no, the, the ballad... We were, listen, it was an 8.30 show to... Uh, it was only supposed to be an hour and a half, and we were there for three hours. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but no, the Ballad of Pip, the like oh. five. Well, act, five the Ballad song. of Pip takes Pip from Moby Dick and divides them into five different parts. Yeah. Uh, there's a jazz breakdown in between. Yeah. Which is so really interesting because my Dave favorite Malone, yeah. was the first part. Was uh, the first song. 
Yeah. Um, and my least favorite, I don't know. It might be the second part. I think that's the most divisive See, one. See, I loved the tambourine portion yeah. because it's Dave Malloy going off. I mean, yeah. it, it did feel long, but I'm not going to sass Dave Malloy for anything since he signed like five things in my house. <laughs> Um, but I do feel I was looking around like oh shit these audience members are gonna feel like that's uh, too long like April's gonna I, die I thought so too I yeah. like I didn't really mind the substance of uh, tambourine that much because it was very interesting you know they tackled uh, modern themes um, very much related to race and appropriation and things like that um, I, I just didn't I wasn't really feeling that part of it yeah all that much um, like it try I'm not going to say it was like toothless or anything but it's basically the ramblings of a madman but and he's so, lost in the sea at the same time oh yeah no it definitely yeah, makes sense Pip, nine year old Pip it makes sense and I love how they set it up um, and, but it, and it's not that the race stuff is incomprehensible it's just it's it's a very hard subject to tackle with nuance in like but can you imagine like a musical doing this in the modern era? Like, yeah. you have to listen to... When I get the octet recording, I'm going to send it straight straight away to Matt. <laughs> so he understands what's going on. But Dave Malloy does that shit. And yeah. no other musical does that shit. Nah, like, I respect it a lot. And I, yeah. my ears were perked the whole time. I'm just not sure I loved it. Uh, yeah. I, I think that is the most hated or love it segment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other uh, stuff was also the third song in the in the song cycle was very good too. I yeah. forgot what it's called, but it was great. Yeah. And um and then we after the song cycle we hear the Pequod meets the Rachel. And oh, this is I love this too. I also love this. Yeah, my boy Captain My boy. It made me want to read Moby Dick. I know, Which, me too. there's no other podcast that exists on this besides reading Moby Dick, so Ooh. you know where we're headed, audience. <laughs> me and Matt, we're going to read Moby Dick chapter by chapter and discuss it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but... Uh, I'll buy a graphic novel version. I'll, I'll look at the pictures. In my dream, but... <laughs> uh, the way that Rachel Chafkin was describing the staging of it, though, really got oh, me. Oh, yeah. She that said there's going to be blood, guts, people actually stabbing the whale... Set in like an old church theme. Yeah, they're like, gonna have audience participation. Yeah, which they did in great comment. I feel so bad that I didn't take you to say great comment. Yeah. I took uh, others <laughs> who probably don't listen to this podcast to see great comment. But great comment was I'll, I'll check robbed. Out, I'll check out the robbed. Article. It'll come back. Robbed, I say. <laughs> listen to great comment again because I love War Peace that much. But. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I think it's the darkest that Dave Malloy's ever wrote. I love the dark moments. Like I'm gonna really send him an octet <laughs> in September, and we'll maybe get a, a rehash of the statement. Because I yeah, when uh, I just love it when the the Rachel, the captain of the Rachel, yeah, is like I you, lost my boy. You know, and he's I, pleading with uh, Ahab. The Pequod, yeah, and he's pleading with Ahab to help out just like be a person and be it's a, a chapter human. in the book yeah and ahab is just like i'm sorry i can't and they left us at that cliffhanger they didn't show us any of him attacking the white whale yeah i i was thinking like even you know after seeing what happened to pip maybe ahab would have a change of heart yeah because uh, even that is not it, enough i mean it's a great american novel he yeah. was dealing with shit but it really makes pip, me want to check it out as much as we feel on the terms with the pip segment 
I feel like Pip went through some shit. Oh, yeah. And I agree with Dave Molloy for associating with him. Yeah. He's left in the ocean for like five hours. I don't just know. Staring. I don't know how much the the book. Uh, oh, like wait. How, how much time the book attributes. Wait, 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 wait. Hold. It's a Dave Malloy piece, so it's going to match up perfectly with the book. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if, like, uh, the play or the musical yeah. is giving more emphasis to Pip than maybe the book did. Oh, but if it I, does, I think it is, but uh, Dave Malloy takes direct words from the book yeah. and adapts it. I think that's a smart choice because Pip is a hell of a character. Yeah, so maybe when this comes to New York, I'll buy you tickets and I'll force Mm -hmm. you to see it. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm in. Five hours, no intermission, (laughs) maybe. I don't don't know. Uh, Hey, as long as the seats are comfortable. They can't be worse than the ones that... uh, (laughs) You say that, but you've never been to a Broadway theater seat Oh, boy. (laughs) With the person next to you going, oh, yeah, that's Pip. (laughs) True. Here we go. Squeaky from... Well, that's my try on the boards. Do you yeah. have any disc jockeys? Because I don't have any. You know what? I don't. <gasps> Gasp. Skipping it. Hey, I mean, you know. You I, didn't listen to any music this week? I listen to Moby Dick. Yeah. And I listen to some Beatles to prepare for Once Upon. <laughs> well, the Beatles got me in the mood for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna. My first intro for this piece was going to be Happiness is not a warm gum, it's <laughs> Jonathan Kwiatkowski. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, when we watch I, Across the Universe in this movie watching podcast. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned this recently, you know, compared to yesterday, that Beatles movie that came out this year. I think I liked Across the Universe more. Yeah. Yeah. And Julie Taymor was on so much coke when she watched that movie. <laughs> you want that coke. <laughs> you want that coke. Uh, Unless it's a uh, Lost Burn. So we have Bur- no disc jockeys? You didn't listen to anything? Eh, not much. Uh, not what do I put down? Uh, there there has to be something for disc jockeys. Uh, I listened to Into the Woods again, if that makes you feel better. The <laughs> uh, radio. Uh, uh, but mm. video killed the radio star. Mm, yeah, I feel like there's not much there. I just, I, I listen to music. No, I didn't really latch on to anything. So that's the state of music in 2019. Wow. Sad. Cut that segment. I guess we're done, Matt. <laughs> Send us out. Let's wrap it on up. Um, I guess, do we tell the audience where they could find us at the end of these? Why wouldn't we? I suppose so. <laughs> I want more followers on everything. Yeah. Well, you could find me, Macabrera, in the belly of a whale. Look at, look at your stole mine. <laughs> really? Fucking asshole. Find your nearest whale and uh, just open her up. Or maybe you could even blow them up. Oh, here's one recommendation for me: find the video on YouTube of a whale being blown up with dynamite. Oh no! Okay. I don't want to see that. Well, it was already dead. What does that mean? Well, Would it, you? Uh, <laughs> The the whale consecrate the body. The whale washed up ashore, and at that point, there's nothing else you can do with it except blow it up. And so they did this in the seventies. Blow it up, blow it up, blow, blow it up, blow it up. Hey. <laughs> they did this in the seventies, and they invited people to spectate. Um, but the blast radius was so much more than they ex- anticipated. So a, a lot of people got like whale blubber all over them, and so cars. it's like the staging of Moby Dick. At, <laughs> yeah, uh, the ART theater. Yeah, cars were smashed, like yeah, uh, irreparable from some of the blubber that fell. Why would them. you blow up a whale? Yeah, it was the seventies. They didn't know any better. <laughs> Um, you can find me losing my mind, JK, on Instagram, drink and read JK on Twitter, 
and you can follow my other movie watching slash Studio Ghibli. I don't know if that's it anymore, though. We're looking into other anime. Anime was not a mistake podcast. Uh, I'm a fan of Moby Dick, and I'm here forever. <laughs> I don't think we should blow up whales. Listen to us. <laughs> I think it'd be cool. Well, I agree. I guess that's it. So long, and stick around for uh, some treats that we've got coming up for you. Thank you for joining us for another installment of Nightcaps at the Theater. Special thanks to the Free Music Archive for providing the track Four Way by William Rostrenov's Nomads, an edited version of which you're hearing now. We at Nightcaps sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode. If that's the case, or even if it's not, please remember to rate our show on iTunes and leave a review. It really means a lot. Good night, and binge responsibly.